What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark with us, spinning the one and twos and producing. 877-37-GRIND is your number. Uh, if you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. We just ask you be patient or the breaks and call during the segments and be patient during the long breaks and segments. Also, today's show is going to be presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. Uh, if you know what you want to talk about, like I said, it is open phone lines. Anything that happened over the weekend that's sports related, you know how we do it. You can go and bring it to the airwaves. But like I said, just be patient during the long segments and call during the breaks. and We'll get to the phone calls accordingly. If you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. And also, um, keep in mind, if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll read those on air in real time or I'll respond to them later. You can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page as well, too. And you can leave comments and I'll respond to those and read those on air in real time or respond to them later. And also keep in mind, also, if you ever miss any of the episodes live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week 365 and also if you are traveling in an area or in a market that doesn't have us terrestrial radio wise or you have technical difficulties listening through your other devices that you listen to us on don't forget you can go to the same website sportsgrindonline.com where you can click the play button and listen live and we'll have us there 877-37-GRIND what's up Mr. Clark you ready Yes, sir. Ready, rock and roll. All right, man. So it is Monday. We've got a lot to get to. You know how we do it on Mondays is reaction to as much as we can get to from the NFL Sunday card, which we'll start there, and college football as well, too. We've got some big news uh, that transpired over the weekend in regards to college football um, with Jimbo Fisher being out at Texas a and I'm definitely going to give my thoughts on that since we've talked about that topic for the last couple years now in this program. Uh, we'll definitely uh, take a look at that. We've got some other college uh, doings as well, too, often on the field. Michigan, uh, they get a W against Penn State. Uh, definitely will react to that. Um, I don't know about the um, coach that took over, Jim. I'm like, damn, somebody, did he die? You know, you know, I've been I've had Jim. I've you know, I've had hardballs back in this. Uh, but for the most part, I'm thinking like, OK. Penn State, I get it, but the uh, emotions, and you never know what somebody's going through emotionally or what that meant for him. Or Maybe he was just emotion, you know, overwhelmed with emotion because he got the opportunity to coach in Harbaugh's spot. But, yeah, that was kind of a little bit overboard. But I, I, this is something that I knew uh, that Michigan was going to uh, rally around. Uh, per se, based off of the type of season that they started to have and currently in the process of having. So it doesn't shock me or surprise me that the uh, young men responded like that because, you know, sometimes coaches and assistant coaches and players can, you know, concoct this whole made up us against the world mentality to whatever you need for that extra motivation. But I think in this particular situation, it's legit. So it didn't surprise me that they were going to 
um, handle that particular game and play the way that they did. Uh, we'll get to some other college news notes as well, too, when we circle back around that. Colorado, uh, the Buffaloes, uh, their bowl eligibility hopes are are dwindling. Uh, they're coming off another loss uh, this time to Arizona. The game was competitive, what I thought it was going to be, but just couldn't stop and mustered a stop when they needed. Um, and Arizona gets the win with them. Uh, basketball continues to roll on. We're coming off another Friday of your in-season tournament um, action. Uh, the Spurs are coming off of another loss yesterday. Um, of course, they lost Friday uh, to the Timberwolves. And then they followed that up with yesterday with the loss at home to the Heat. Makes it five in a row. Yeah, buddy. And um, yesterday, just another um, blown lead. Uh, once again, uh, started off great first quarter. Uh, I think second quarter is when the demise started. They kind of finished that half wrong. Let Miami get back in the game, even though they had the halftime lead. But they really, you know, cut a double-digit lead down to like four or so at halftime. And then, of course, the third quarter, the rest is history. Um, I mean, you know, it's just one of those situations. And I know we've got a lot of football to get to, so I'm probably not going to dive right into it. But – you know, to me personally, you know, the um, the young excuse, in my opinion, only counts for certain things. OK, uh, we went back and forth last week and we discussed it on the show about the defensive side of the things. I'm not going to give the youth uh, for the defensive side. But again, when I look at yesterday's game, I don't know if he had the day off or he just got the day off or if he's dealing with some ailment. But this team really goes nowhere without Trey Jones. Um, I wouldn't have said that before the season started, uh, but after seeing the first couple weeks and he recorded a DNP yesterday, um, there... It wasn't a DNP. It was an injury designation. Oh, it was an injury? Yeah, right hamstring tightness. Yeah, everybody's with these hamstring tightness, but they steady let, you know, Vassell go out there and play with his. I don't understand that part. I mean, this is you, you talk about things changing. This has been an organization led by the head coach and the front office for 20 plus years. And injuries have already always be handled with, you know, rather be overcautious uh, than reckless. And I just don't understand, um, you know, with Vassell and the reason why they're continuing to put him out there, even though he's dealing with hamstring tightness. Uh, now, he didn't have to exit the game yesterday like he did the previous two, but that's something else that's taking note for me that's really changing, that's different, that's odd. But they get another L, and you said that's five in a row? Uh, five in a row. Also, the Pelicans have lost five in a row, so if that kind of gives you a little bit of you know an idea as to where that's standing uh, across the NBA. That tie, uh, that, The worst losing streak right now is the Pistons, who have lost eight in a row. Yeah, I'd have to look at the Pelicans and see what's going on with that, um, why they're losing. I haven't really dived into them. I don't know if they have guys in and out the lineup or not. Um, but to me, um, regardless of who has other losing streaks or whatever, I'm watching the Spurs on how they lost. It's concerning during this losing streak on the way they have lost. 
of, you know, because they've been in control with this well, a couple of these games. And number two, they're just not. I mean, they're giving this is a problem that goes back to last year. It goes back to the year prior to that with them. They they just have a tendency too often to give up 30 to 40 point quarters. Um, and that's something that's been going on for the last three years. So it is what it is. What do you got? Uh, the Harden Clippers also have yeah, lost five in the, a row. The, they're on the docket. I definitely have. They haven't won a game since acquiring James Harden. And I have watched a couple of those games. Look, in my opinion, I said this is the. I figured Steve Ballman, the owner, did this because they've got that new arena. It's another all star, quote unquote, type of guy in case Paul and, you know, Kawhi decide to opt out. Um, and in my opinion, even having an early sample size, and I told everybody that, look, man, just, you know, like my man Kendrick Perkins said, you have to pray for Tyron Lue. With everything going on and what's at stake for the Clippers this year, and everything was based off of uh, health, and everything was based off of performance on how the future of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was going to be handled if they could stay healthy. With so much riding on this, and they've been patient through an injuries, and they haven't had a knee jerk to break it up, fire Tyron Lue, or nothing like that. I'm giving this probably maybe another couple weeks at max, okay, to the end of this month. And if it doesn't work, they continue to lose. If I'm Steve Ballman, one of the richest owners in professional sports, I've just got to go ahead and buy Harden out and get him out of here. I'm going to be the first. I haven't heard anybody say this, but I'm going to be the first to put this out there because there's you. this is not – you can't tell me that this is just a coincidence, that this is a team that, oh, we're just going – I mean, from James Harden's introductory and his press conference about I'm the system and there's really not a system I can't go. Look, man, you know, there are times in sports where a particular individual, regardless of the sport, can just be bad – in a locker room and bad for team's chemistry, not just necessarily because he's, you know, complaining in the locker room or he's, you know, starting clicks or whatever. It just could be because his performance. He's just not performing well and his particular style of play of what, you know, made him be in MVP conversations and winning MVP and all that kind of stuff is just not there anymore and it's just not fitting with anybody. And this was a team that started the season well. Everybody on deck. Kawhi was playing games. Paul George was playing games. Nobody's sitting out and all that. And you've lost. You haven't won a game since he has joined the club. That's why I say if they're not, you know, if they don't find a way to have a winning November. And by the time after we all consume turkey and sweet potatoes and rolls and stuff like that. If I'm Steve Ballman, because this is the sport you can get away and do it in, and the NBA, I'm buying them out. I'm, I got it because there's there's too much. Now, if this would have been James Harden adding to the Clippers last year, I probably would have said that. But due to the fact that what all the stuff that was riding on this particular season for the Clippers as where we as who we know them as, as the nucleus, the head coach, the two superstar. It, I cannot let, if I'm Steve Ballman and I'm going into a new arena, I cannot let James Harden blow that up single-handedly I can't I know what this team was playing like before he got here to start the season and this to me is not simply like oh it ain't fit yet we got to figure out we got to figure is he coming from the bench I don't know if that's it yet or not what do you got you're gonna do that buyout even after it already cost you Marcus Morris Robert Covington Nick Batum 
KJ Martin, a 2028 unprotected first round pick, two second round picks, a 2029 pick swap, and you gave the, the Thunder a pick swap in 2027 to help facilitate with another pick. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm not worried about the picks in the NBA. Picks are not like NFL. I don't care about all that. Unprotected. Now, for the bodies and the names that you called I mean, I, or who I was like, gone. I like K.J. Martin. Yeah, I'd no. like to go back and have him back. Well, I'll listen to you about the names. It's going to be unfortunate, but I can't, I can't sit there knowing something is different and knowing that it's not work and just sit there because I don't want to admit that I made a mistake. Okay. Now, maybe, you know, myself of, I don't know, eight years ago, 10 years ago, doesn't have that that take. But as I've gotten older, sometimes you just have to admit where like, hey, that's my bad. I was wrong. I made a mistake. And, and if you've got the money and when you got money, you can make problems go away a lot easier than broke people or people that's up against the cap or an owner that's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Steve Ballman ain't in that situation. OK, I cannot let. Like I said, if this is James Harden entering the team for the Clippers last year or two years ago, I'm saying ride it out to the rest of the season because you've given up these bodies, you've got these picks. What is right, When I've got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the last year of their contract, I can't basically sit there and take that chance. Because keep in mind, in my opinion, this particular move was all about Steve Ball and making this move. I don't think this was Lawrence Frank, their GM, which I think he's still the GM. I don't think it was about him. I don't think this was about Tyron Lue. I don't think this was about Paul George or Kawhi Leonard saying, hey, man, we got to go get James. He can help us win a title. I don't think it was not. I think this was all strictly about names and, you know, an insurance policy in case things don't work out and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard no longer want to be a Clipper. How do you move into a new building with not one former all-star or technically franchise player, former MVP into that new arena? But the reality of it is, if it's not working and it continues not to work, I can't sit there and blow up this team, the chemistry of this team. Because this is the only reason why they've stayed together is because they haven't been healthy. And it's, it's always that what if. What if they wouldn't have got hurt? What if we would have been healthy? That's the reason why Tyron Lue ain't gone nowhere. And that's the reason why Paul George hadn't been traded off for Kawhi or whoever else. This was a move, in my opinion, that was generated and pushed from up top and the owner. And if that's the case, he's if it ain't working, he's got to be the guy to scratch the check and tell him to go away. If we lost those players that we gave up for him, Oh, well, because I feel like we can still be an opportunity to compete and challenge the Nuggets, okay, which lost in H-Town last night, by the way. Um, We can challenge the Nuggets with what I got, okay? Come on, man. That that is not a coincidence that they've lost. They haven't won a game since he's been there. It just really isn't. 877-37 grind. So you've got that going on. We'll circle back to the NBA. Like I said, the Nuggets lose to the Rockets last night. Adoka can coach. Okay, he might not be somebody you want to take home to mama if you are a a female or you might not. If you're a man, you might not want him to leave him around your wife or your girlfriend. But the man can coach because I'm looking at the Rockets the last two games and I'm just thinking, like, can I imagine what a Doka would be like What this team would with a a, a Sohan, a Wimby, what they would look like under Doka? They'd be spitting nails, man. A, A Wimby be demanding the ball down, like, give me the damn ball. So, Han, I'm down low. Their personality, and they wouldn't be giving up 20-point quarters in 34 quarters. Am I saying, uh, you know, am I saying that Adoka's a better coach than Pop? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I think that he would probably be a better fit for this younger team 
and instilling the defense. He enjoys still coaching the defense. Okay. And I'm going to leave it at this note because we're going to be heavy football intensive. But I know because I know this fan base and down in the 210, and I know how it goes. It's it's to the point where there's a and I'm pretty sure there's a good chunk of fan bases, even the ones that are diehard and pop. We trust. We love pop. Even though that group, it has to come to a point where you get tired of seeing, even though they're young and whatever, you get tired of seeing the losing and the way they're losing. But you see after games, pop is hugging the coach, cutting a joke, hugging. Come on here. Hey, you know, this and this. Hey, man, it's like, what are we here? What are we doing? I mean, we're here to try to are we here to try to, you know, install a winning system again and get this young team to know how to win. Or are we here just basically handshaking and politicking and basically kissing babies. That's just the reality. You know, when you're winning, you can do all that. But it comes to a point where I know there's a portion, not all. There's a portion of Spurs fan base that love pop that is irritated seeing that every after every game. 877-37-GROUND. When we get back, all right, let's start recapping week 10 in the NFL. We got to put a bow on it tonight. We've got a big one in Buffalo. We'll be breaking that game down later on in the show as well. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. Back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark produces Spin the One and Two. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what their latest new products they have in, or you know what they have and you just want it ordered and delivered straight to your doorstep, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 
All right, don't tell me because I know we just came out of the 30th anniversary of Wu-Tang's Chambers album. And I'm not mistaken, you're playing dirty because today is it's the day today that is it the anniversary of his death today? Uh, I don't know. Or you actually you, you just that was just in rotation. I thought you were playing it for purple. But yeah, no, I it's think, there for Jimbo. Oh, Jimbo. Oh, I got you. But yeah. it, uh, coincidentally, it is the anniversary of his death. Okay. I thought 19 I years. That. Okay, yeah, I thought I heard that. Wow, that's crazy how you um, did that for old Jimbo, but they homage old dirty. But yeah, okay. So, with that said, let's dive right into it. Uh, the National Football League um, and recapping yesterday's action, and then we'll get into college later on uh, in the show. But really, we can start with because we can start here because there's nothing really to talk about, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, who dismantle like I figured they would. It wouldn't be a trap game. I was like, this is a trap. No, it's not. Giants is just – Dallas blow them out. And this was well expected. And what did we learn from this? Nothing. Nothing. The fact that all we learned is basically the Giants might be in the conversation for the worst team in the National Football League. Um, I would say hold all mutual tickets because it's a, it's, it's a photo finish between them and the New England Patriots. Um, we could probably fit the one more in there, but th- that's just awful. There's really nothing to talk about. I mean, they started off kind of slow, uh, Dallas, to really get going, and then finally they kind of exploded with some plays. Uh, but there's nothing to see here, man. There's nothing we're going to learn about Dallas, what we don't already know. The next game where we can gauge to see where we're at is in a couple weeks when they play Philly um, because I think Philly's the one with the harder stretch a little bit over the next few weeks before compared to the Cowboys. So it's nothing to say. I mean, Dak threw 400 yards, ran for a touchdown, and I think threw three or four. Um, I mean, you know, there's nobody – I mean, I've been in Dak's corner. I've been defending him. Uh, but what am I going to get excited for with that? I mean, playing against the Giants. I don't know how it went south for the G-men, but it has. And it's more than just the quarterback position – um and and Daniel Jones and him not being there or he there it's it's bigger than that and and that's going to lead them it's going to be interesting on the Giants front as well too and I'll add a little bit to that but what do you got uh, you can take some like like for the Cowboys that was essentially a get right game right get back to your basics get some confidence going one of the things that I really noted was that they in my opinion, I think they what scored two or three times from the red zone, and that's something they haven't been able to do. They were able to move the ball on the ground effectively in the red zone, or as some people call the red area now, oh. um, which I, I feel is something that they needed to address. They they had to get that kind of together, even if it's live game reps against essentially a practice squad. Yeah, that's nothing. They ain't got the red zone stuff fixed. Nothing's come. That's why I said this a week ago from last week when I came in here and ripped them for about 30 minutes because of the way they lost to the Eagles. There's nothing that we learned from that. Like, they still ain't solved no red zone problem. The Giants are awful. That is a bad football team that has a former coach of the year coaching them. And let me tell you something. You know, um, it, this Giants situation is going to be interesting because I think that there this is one of those that i believe as the as the final 5 weeks or so goes on you know 
this New England Patriots situation is going to play out for everybody to see. This is going to become the story. And what people have to realize, you know, um, whether you are in the Boston area, you work for the Wii, you're a beat writer for the Patriots. Um, I don't give a damn if you wicked sham. What y'all, the people that are sitting there with pitchforks for Bill have to understand when this takes place, because I really do think, I think the New England needs a fresh start, and I think Bill, if he continues to want to coach, needs a fresh start. If Bill Belichick decides that he's not done, because most likely, unless this is just some big plan of trying to replace Mac Jones and really getting that top three, but most likely Bill Belichick and New England are headed for a mutually agreed departure. And if he does that, I'm going to tell you, if you are a franchise that has a coach that is on a teeter spot on the hot seat, Bill can have any one of those jobs he wants. And that's the reason why I'm bringing it back full circle to the Giants. That job, he's been obsessed with the Giants ownership and that particular franchise for as long as I can remember. And I've read about and learned about you know, when you have a situation where most likely you're going to be out at one and you got a resume with Bill and he's got a relationship with that ownership group, I would tell Dable to be careful, be to be careful, because the Giants are headed for another top pick. There are going to be so many teams that are vying for this top three to top five pick that's going to be cluttered. If you look at the records and everything, that they all kind of have something in common. They need a quarterback. Uh, the Giants, no, Jonas. I mean, look, I, I am a, you know, I'm a firm believer, and I preach you play who's in front of you. You have to go out there and play, whether it's the NFL on Sundays or college on Saturdays or high school Friday night lights. But the reality of it is there's contents to it. And due to the fact that we've seen this story and read this book before with the Dallas Cowboys, they've owned the Giants for years now in the division. They've owned the commanders in the division now. They'll basically go through this in the big games when it's all chips on the table, a formidable opponent under Mike McCarthy in the last couple of years. They haven't really got it done, man. I mean, the, the, the biggest win in the Mike McCarthy era, and that's not saying much, the biggest win in the Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott tandem was the playoff game against a banged up, struggling, old on the last leg, Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady team where Dak just went in there. That was one of his two playoff wins that he's gotten. Other than that, they haven't showed up. They haven't showed up against the 49ers in the last couple of years in the regular season and postseason. They're not. And so, therefore, if that's who it is, then go get Philly, defend your home turf, because I, I think I had them splitting this season anyway, Dallas and Philly. So go defend your home turf and show that. Blowing them out, putting 15, see, that does nothing to say, that doesn't change one iota of my opinion about this 2023 Dallas Cowboys squad or the coaches staff. 877-37-GRIND. Moving on, we can stay in um, Texas. Okay, before we move out of there, because we've got to make a stop at H-Town and look at it as C.J. Stroud continues to perform and shine as the Texans go on the road and defeat the red hot Cincinnati Bengals, along with Joe Burrow. Um, Look, man, I came in here last week by Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, and I was like, hey, and I think I reiterated on Friday, like, hey, look. You know, this whole C.J. Stroud for MVP conversation, let's hold on, man. Let's pump the brakes, okay? 
I've only backed off of that maybe about 25% after Saturday, Sunday's game. Okay, because where his team is, what those couple games – I mean, look, they, they got a loss to the Colts. I mean, they, they've lost to – I think they lost to the Panthers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but what he's doing in the last two or three weeks is finally clicking. Now, he is very poised. I mean, I, I you know, I'd have to go back and look at guys like Andrew Luck – uh, guys like Dan Marino, I'm putting them in some good company. I'm talking about rookies that really look like they weren't rookies fast. Uh, they're winning, and I think I don't want to get lost in this. Um, this was a team that had a projected win total, I think, of four and a half games going in. Jonas took the over because Jonas – credit to Jonas because Jonas is like, hey, man, there's more talent in this roster than people think. In my defense, uh, I did uh, spend two years covering drafts and such for the Texans as well. No, I don't make a difference. I tell you that there's some guys down there who work for the Houston Chronicle and probably they took the under on the four and a half. And, you know, they I don't give a damn – you know, McNair, whatever my man's name, big guy down there. It don't matter. You still – whether you oh, cover – Oh, John McClain? Yeah, John McClain. Okay, it don't matter. You said, I mean, I thought, I mean, I knew, I I don't know if I took the over or not on them, but that's still a good call. But I will tell you that I do want to give the flowers to D'Amico Ryans. I mean, look, man, this guy's a rookie head coach. He's got that defense playing. You can go on the road like that and turn Burrow over. And they've been, this ain't, this ain't, this wasn't Cincinnati a week one through three. Okay. This is the Bengals who've gotten hot lately. Uh, Joe Burrow's been healthier, and this is a rookie quarterback with a rookie head coach with a bunch of rookie guys, for the most part, skilled players, not really heavily vet team whatsoever. They went there and got a W. Now, I will tell you this. If the Texans go on to dethrone the Jacksonville Jaguars as the AFC South champions, they hold off the Colts, they do this, and then all of a sudden you're talking about a team that's Top three seed in the AFC. We've got a long way to go before we get there. But if we're talking about that, then, okay, maybe I start hearing some MVP talks. But make no mistake about it. He's balling. It's special. Uh, You know, I knew that he was going to be an NFL quarterback, but I didn't expect him to really, you know, get on it like this. I mean, he looked and, and keep in mind. Uh, before we leave this topic, these ain't five and seven yard chunk and dunk little screen passes. It ain't like he's matriculating down. These are la- these are lateral, like down the field, 40 yard, 50 yard passes on some of these. And they're getting delivered on a rope. All right. And I look and I can't tell you, I mean, other than fantasy football, there ain't too many people who can still tell you his damn starting wide receivers. I know he's got some young cats over there, but it ain't like he's got a proven veteran Pro Bowl wide receiver he's doing this well. But I will tell you this, Dalton Schultz has been – that was a steal because he's helped him. They always say, you know, a, tight, a young quarterback's best friend is a tight end, and Dalton Schultz is constantly getting open. He's constantly – but you know what? Like I said, man – that the offensive coordinator, Domingo, that's that 49er tree, man. That's that coaching that he's getting on top of what he was already coming out of Ohio State. You know, it was AC over the week was just telling me, keep saying, like, I remember that game against Georgia. I mean, the way he performed against Georgia, even though they didn't win, he stood toe to toe with them first round defensive linemen. So 
Texans got them one. Um, they really got them one. I, I don't really care for their ownership. I mean, I hate that they're going to reap the benefits of this. Uh, but I definitely think D'Amico Ryans deserves his flowers of being a rookie coach. And definitely C.J. Stroud has made this division uh, very interesting and definitely is going to give Trevor Lawrence some uh, competition for years to come. What do you got? Next up, the Texans ha- host the Cardinals before they also host those Jaguars um, for the last time this regular season. Um, they'll close out that home that three that three game homestand with the Broncos. Also on their remaining schedule, the Titans twice, the Jets, the Colts again, and the Browns. the The, the Texans are two and one against the AFC North. Oh, mm, that's a nice fun fact. That's a nice fun fact. Uh, and looking at those games you rattle off with the guy, those are all winnable games if they're going to continue to play like that. If they're going to continue to play like this, they can beat anybody in AFC. You know, um, so they continue to run. And what that franchise has been through in the last few years, I can be happy. I'm not happy for the ownership because I don't like them. The McNair family, I really don't. But I'm happy for the Texans fans that have had to sit through the Deshaun Watson fiasco and everything like that and have an opportunity to have a guy like that's all you want is that guy that you know, like, okay, for the next 10 to 15 years, we're going to be all right. 877-37-GRIND. So C.J. Stroud continues to cook. Also sticking with the NFL theme, speaking of the devil, the Cleveland Browns rally on the road uh, defeat the Baltimore Ravens, who had the number one defense coming into this game. Cleveland held the number two defense. Um, you know, more points than probably what I expected to be, consider these two teams. But, you know, when you look at the skill positions for each side, it shouldn't shock you. I mean, I think, you know, uh, Cleveland got down early. You know, Lamar doing his thing. But I think, you know, the one thing that stood out to me about this game is the in-game adjustments from Schwartz from that second round. It took him a while to really figure out, you know, what they were doing with this Todd Monk and stuff and all this going on. But I would say probably by the second quarter, middle of the second quarter, it was some adjustments made. They started really shutting them down. And they won the physical battle. I mean, the Cleveland went in there and won the physical battle. Um, you know, and I, I, I know I texted Jonas this yesterday, but after watching that game in action a few weeks, when I look at Cleveland's D and I look at Miles Garrett, okay, because Miles Garrett, I'm going to keep it, you know, real with you. Miles Garrett is a guy that's had to, you know, he's had to grow on me. I mean, I've never been a guy that, you know, Miles in regards to – now, that could be a mixture, just the fact of Cleveland wasn't on, wasn't paying attention to Cleveland that much or what's it be, but I think he's improved every year. But I believe if we put everything – if you really watch some of the Browns game and you really watch how offenses play him and offensive line try to block him, and if you look at see what he does and what he frees up sometime and when the game's on line – to me, and I'm, I'm, you know I'm not a person that lives in the prison of the moment, but I think he is the closest thing um, in the last, I don't know, 20 years that we've had from LT. I don't think it's Micah Parsons. I think it's Miles Garrett because I've seen the 49ers take Micah Parsons out of the game twice now, two or three times. They've played the 49ers, and Michael Parsons has not been a factor the two or three times. Now, granted, you got Trent Williams over there, one of the best, the best in the game. I get it, all that. 
there's not a game I've watched that Miles Garrett has played that's been competitive, that the Clevelands need to win, especially under Schwartz in the last couple of years, that you can really take Miles Garrett all the way out of the game. I'm not saying he is Lawrence Taylor, not saying he's better. But if we want to talk about disruptive, because that's what I choose when I took it. I'm old enough to have seen Lawrence Taylor. I mean, I was younger when he was in his prime, but the reality of it is, is I've seen him and I saw him with my own eyes. And I know how disruptive he can be. And that's where when we talk about, oh, well, he can do this. He's the LT, you know, the no. Well, how disruptive can he be? You know, and Miles Garrett is the truth. And I think Cleveland, uh, now that with all that said, you grassy no Alamo Browns backers and the rest of Ohio, the conspiracy with Deshaun, you got to give Deshaun some flowers. Deshaun gutted that out. I mean, now he didn't light the scoreboard up. He didn't. He threw a pick six, which was unfortunate. You know, I, I mean, that was one of those odd ones. I mean, if you throw that to that lineman again five times, he ain't picking that off. But it was one of those that, hey, it's like, oh, damn, here we go. He went in that tent because we've seen him go in that tent before and not come out. He came out this time and he won the game. That's that's the difference of having one of those guys. Like I said, I know you don't want to hear it, but, you know, the pre Baker Mayfield guy, like they're not winning that type of game, especially if they're banged up. They're not coming back to win that game. Baker I think no, no, I doubt it. Not the way it started. Not not the way it started. I think, you know, Deshaun, look, he's got a ways to go before everybody thinks, oh, that's Deshaun. But that's criticism that he's had under about, well, he doesn't want to play hurt. He doesn't want to be here. Deshaun Watson gutted it out and made some plays with his legs and with his arms, that was a huge win for Cincinnati, okay? I'm not Cincinnati, excuse me, Cleveland, considering Cincinnati lost, and you look at that north about potentially the four teams go. I still got to see it to believe it. I don't think it's going to work out, but if you look at those standings as they go, especially when you look at, that was a huge game when you look at Pittsburgh, and they fought, they continue to find a way to win. Now, I think Pickett basically had a better game than he's he's had. They got Pickens involved, but again, you know, it's one of those situations. They're making a play here and there, and next thing you know, they're sitting up at top right there in the thick of things in the north. But that was a huge win uh, for the Cleveland Browns. 877-37 ground. And that sets up a monster one this Thursday between the Bengals and the Ravens. That's that's a, I mean, all these AFC North matchups amongst each other are going to be must-see TV the second half of the season. Well, on? next weekend is AFC North weekend. Because you do have Thursday is Ravens and Bengals. Mm-hmm. It's Steelers and Browns on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Where's that game at? Uh, let me grab that one for you real see, fast. I think that, that one's going to be in Cleveland. In Cleveland. Yeah, the because remember they, they lost in Pittsburgh the first time. Yeah, man. It's an uh, impressive win. You know, in the North, if you look at them, I mean, that's some big boy football getting played. You got to bring your real deal in playing in the North. Uh, we get back. What do you know? Um, 49ers dismantle the Jags. Devo comes back. Everything falls in place. We'll talk about that. We've got some other NFL doings to get to. Got to get to this Monday night football matchup between the Buffalo Bills hosting the Denver Broncos. I'll get my take on that here shortly. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell's Tequila uh, Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos X Lager. 
Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.